Bible about one thing. There are many people for many reasons that might make you think the Bible is complicated or job security for some. Uh, <laughs> but I would tell you, God is a loving God, so the Bible isn't complicated, and the story is not that complicated. I'm going to tell you the whole story. It's very quickly. Believe it or not, I am. I know it's a big book, but I'm going to tell you the whole story. Starts off in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden. That's what we had there. A perfect relationship. Yeah. I said it all up with gossip. Of course, something happened. The thing called sin. I'm going to talk more about that. You go about lots of very confused about what sin But sin happens. And the rest of the Bible is all about God's efforts to reestablish a relationship that was damaged by that sin. And in the end, the end of the story is Christ comes back and reestablishes. The perfect relationship once and for all. Yeah, there you go. All right, the door's over there, and I'll see you guys all. Uh, all right, so, all right, now, once we have a relationship with God, what's our purpose? You know, that's your goal. You have a relationship with God, move, die, go to heaven, and you done, right? But we're still here. So it must have some purpose for still being here. Um, yeah, that's right. Help others have relation with God and yes. another. Right? All right. So let's look at Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. So again, our purpose is relations. First with God and then with one another. So, how do we do this? How do we Make disciples, followers of Christ. How do you build these relationships? I'm taking answers. Very <laughs> right. That's really good. What else we got? Francis Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Francis Jesus. We like Jesus. Love people. Love people. Love people. Again, she reads. Be open. Be open. Be open. Yeah, yeah. Be open. Don't say anything. Yeah, I don't think it's, uh, that definitely helps, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a but that helps. All right, so how do we do it? Well, we build relationships. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's how we build. You know, you, you, you've all heard this saying in the world. Nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. You know, you've heard that? Yeah. All, right. all right, yeah, right? That's what it is. If you build relationships with people, you have a chance to impact them. Yeah. In a positive way. You can impact people in a negative way without relationships. Yeah. Right? That's easy. Yeah. But to impact people in a way that powerful, positive, and lasting, you want to build relationships with that. Because then people care of what you have to say. And they'll listen to you, especially about, you know, we're all kind of shy about.
deep topics. Yeah. You got to be in a relationship to talk about important things, right? right? Yeah. Otherwise, everything's pretty yeah. superficial. All right. So now, can we do this without love? Can we build this relationship? Without love? Can that be done? In 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 1 says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. That's pretty powerful statement. Without love, you're just putting in your time. Yeah. That's it. Just existing. Does that sound exciting? Mm -hmm. that sound like great, does it? If I possess, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may vote, but do not have love, I gave nothing. You know what I like about this last sentence? Yeah. <clears throat> Said that I mean What is it getting at? It's getting at motivation. It's all about motivation, right? If your motivations aren't pure, bad things happen. Short term, long term, but bad things happen, right? So, no, the answer is no. In case you're wondering if I was going to get to the answer, the answer is no. You can't do it. Can't build these relationships out with God and out with each other without love. Can't do it. Without love, I don't want to it's just religion. Yeah. And religion has a lot of connotations for a lot of people. I personally have a very bad view of religion. I think it's very bad. It's what crucified Christ. It was the threat that he posed to the religious leaders of his time, it was out of jealousy and fear that they killed Jesus. Yeah. Because what is religion? I'm gonna tell you my definition. Religion is man's attempt to take control of and own and use that which belongs to God for their own purposes. They didn't want to make a lot of money, they could tell the evangelists or whatever, right? Or they want to control people. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for, for, for it. Nations have, been, have used it for very political purposes. Religion is not at all. Jesus said the only religion that's worth anything is to care of widows and orphans. That's it. Okay. Religion is not our goal. Our goal is what? Relationships. Relationships. First with God and then with one another. So let me tell you a little about myself. I grew up going to a variety of different churches, sometimes with family, sometimes by myself. In fact, I used to take buses to a church and got really involved. Uh, I joined the Bible team and got, did a lot of different stuff, just seeking to learn more. The great thing was, in studying the Bible as a kid, I, I developed faith. I found that everything in the Bible was true and everything that I implemented that the Bible said to do worked. So I had a lot of faith and it was great. But my life wasn't so great. It's really going through a lot of different stuff. And so, you know, I, I, I was seeking a lot. And I got to college. 
And my health was really bad, really bad. Like barely walked ten feet at a time. Feel like my heart was going to explode in my throat. And this wasn't for a day or a week, but for years. And the reason I tell you that is when you go through that, um, it really makes you think about what life's all about. Yeah. Because I was smart enough at that time. I knew powerful people. I was number one in graduating, number one in engineering. And I really thought, okay, I can go on, I can work really hard, I can become CEO of a corporation, I can make a lot of money, but I'm gonna suffer a lot, and the end I'm just gonna die. Yeah. And so I really became acutely aware of the futility of life. Yeah. You know, like, uh, so I said, why? Why? Why not just die? Why not just yeah. shortcut this whole thing? Because I already know how it ends. Yeah. And there's a lot of suffering between now and then. If I could shrink this window down a little bit. Yeah. So I decided to start seeking again. I prayed and I said, God, I believe your word, but I can't find this anywhere. I tried many religions, studying many things, and I just, it just isn't there. Sometimes the, the teaching is pretty good, but the lives are usually just like everybody else. There's really no difference when you see them outside of the church. They're just the same. And so I did that, prayed that prayer, and I got a book called Living on the Radio Edge by Dr. Charles Wendell, which is about the book of Ecclesiastes and the futility of life without God. Just striving after with career, wealth, whatever. Doesn't matter. You're just trying to fill, and you're never going to get there. I came back, and there I was, downtown Milwaukee. Nothing. Picture this. Downtown Milwaukee. Picture that. You're halfway there. It's at night. I'm on the street corner. And these people I don't know, they start talking to me. Now, what does the average person do? Late at night, downtown Milwaukee on the street corner, the street is approaching. Don't take you Decided to go. I brought my friends. And I started going. And first thing was, I noticed they talked the Bible accurately. So that was good. Yeah. But not necessarily unique. Right. Yeah, some don't. But some do. Yeah. So that wasn't unique all by itself. So I kept going, no people, and I noticed a very big difference. This wasn't what they did, this was who they were. Their relationships, their life, every day, not just Sunday, Wednesday, whatever. This is who they were. This is what they did. And I saw the love. It made all the difference. And I decided that, okay, even though I had previously been baptized in the Baptist church at that time, I had studied the Bible a lot, I'd done all these things. I decided that I would become a disciple because I, I realized I didn't know everything. 
that I needed to know to really make the decision to be a disciple previously in my life. So now I knew, so I decided to do that. So great, right? Woohoo! And things are going great. But there was a leadership change. And the new person, I'm going to say the network. I'm going to say the network. So they were legalistic, harsh, and unloving. And I started to question maybe I didn't find the church I arrived. Right. Right. Wow. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was persevering, but I was not doing well. I was feeling very discouraged. So I went to this conference. There was a big conference in Chicago for all the different people from all the countries that were part of the church. And it was awesome. I got to meet a lot of leaders, a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, and I realized, oh, no, I did find the church. We're just having a local problem. Yeah. So I went back, and of course, God delivered. God delivered. He got rid of that leader. <laughs> 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 Half <laughs> So they brought in a guy who became a close friend of mine, and he worked every bit as hard, prayed a lot, loved a lot, and we became great friends. And it was fantastic. I was really inspired, so inspired that I actually ultimately moved in with him and his family and started training to be in the ministry. And I led that campus ministry there in Milwaukee with my wife. That's where I met my wife, my soulmate, my best friend, the love of my life. So things are back on track. <laughs> All right. So basically, what had happened was under the wrong leadership, we set the new leader. The new leader. And that's what made the difference. Yeah. It was a great lesson to learn. See the contrast. The teaching was the yeah. same. Yeah. The teaching was the same. Yeah. But the love and yeah. relationship was slipped away. Mm -hmm. So look at First John chapter 5, verse 3. It says, In fact, this is love for God. To keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. When I first read this, it really struck me. We all know the burden of life, yes. the burden of tax, the school, the job, the whatever. Yeah. Everything is like a burden. We're just forcing ourselves through, right? So we can relate to that. So obeying God's commands is fine. But if they're burdensome, something might be wrong, right? Something might be wrong. You might be missing something. Mm. It is mm. Think of a mother with her child. All kinds of stuff in it. Mm. Right? Do you feel burdened? I, I think that song where the brother's carrying his brother on his back and see he's not heavy, he's my brother. Mm. 
but it's because the difference is the love. Think about it. Dating couples. <laughs> Young love. Hey, you all kinds of stuff! You're crazy! You're on the way to get creative! You think you're burdened? <laughs> no, love is what makes the difference. So what is love? Well, look at 1 Corinthians 13. It says love is patient. I was immediately struck by that. Who here doesn't need a lot of patience? You say you don't, you're a lot. <laughs> or you're really yeah. It's only one of those two. Yeah. We need a lot of patience. Yeah. yeah. I know I need a lot of patience. Yeah. So that helps me a lot to be patient with others. Love is kind. Yeah, we need a lot of kindness. The world is rough. Yeah. Even for the best of us, life is rough. Mm -hmm. It does not end me trying to get one up on your neighbor. Yeah. It doesn't boast. I've killed. I've killed. It's the source of most arguments. Yes. Right? It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't serve anybody. It's not, it does not dishonor others. It's not put other people down, make them look bad, make yourself look bad. It is not self seeking. Oh, selfishness never destroyed a relationship. No, right? Oh, it's not easily angered. You ever find yourself irritable? It keeps the record wrong. Nothing worse than a relationship than by some day moment and bring up your past and say, That's a life question. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Yeah. It always protects people that love the most. That those who love. Mm -hmm. Always trust. You give people who you love the benefit of the doubt. Even when others are suspicious. Mm -hmm. It always hopes. You're looking forward, right? And it always perseveres. Like that mom who has a kid who's going to jail. She doesn't give up on her son. She believes she's going to get back on track. Right? Love never fails. All right. Let's look at 1 Peter 4 8. Above all, that's the very top. <laughs> Love each other deeply, not sufficiently. Yeah. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Let's go. This is really important. Yes. But before we learn the impact of sin, mm -hmm. by the way, did I use the word sin a lot? Yeah. Did I? There's a lot of confusion about this. A lot of confusion. It's a huge problem. It's one of the things that keeps people close and have a relationship with God and from pursuing a relationship with God because they think they were told deceptively, sometimes by religion, that sin, that God is just trying to control He's trying to live in us. But that's not true. When you tell your son, don't touch the stove and stop. Are you living in it? 
Are you trying to control him? Are you trying to protect him? You don't love what he protects, right? Sin is that which destroys relationships. Think about that. Sin is that which destroys relationships. First with God and then with one another. That's what sin is. And God wants us to have what? Relationships. So he tells you, don't do these things because then you can't have healthy relationships. That's why. Think about it. Think of all the things you consider sin. Tell me which one doesn't hurt relationships. Tell me which there isn't one. What a tragedy that people don't understand that that's what sin is. But, but, love can restore them. Mm -hmm. Love can restore them. We repent of our sin and start loving. Relationships can be healed, rebuilt, and established. You believe that? Yeah. All right, absolutely. All right, so let's look at John 13, 34. Okay. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. If, if you love one another. So let's break this down. Very short statement, but boy, it has a lot, doesn't it? First of all, I love the fact that it says, as I have loved you. In other words, God starts by setting the example. He didn't call us to something that he didn't do. He showed us. When he sent Christ, he showed us by giving, teaching, healing, serving, and ultimately dying on the cross. To be the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. So he says it, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Say, okay, I've done it, I've demonstrated it, I go and do it. Why? Why? That comes next. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. What did I tell you about my story? That's my story now. It was the love and the relationship that showed me that this was the church. The accurate teaching, that's table stakes. That's just the beginning. It's not enough. It takes the love to make it all work. You'll show people the difference between religion and the family of God by loving one another. So love. Again, mm -hmm. say love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love all souls. Mm -hmm. All right. So with that, I'm going to pray for our communions. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much that we could be here today. Seems like a simple thing, but it's not. So many things, so many, many things happen that we can be here together, that we know one another, that we have relations with one another, that we have a relationship with you. And I just pray, God, that uh, we just thank you for your sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We thank you for the resurrection and the hope that it brings. 
I pray that all of us would be hopeful today. And if anyone needs to build a relationship with you and would like to learn more, I pray they would reach out to me, to others, and seek you and find you. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.